Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where we interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Purchase your hard copy or ebook at billboardinsider.com. Today's podcast guest is Paul Wright, the CEO of Sign Value. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks, Dave. It's nice to be here again. Paul, let's review what happened in 2021. Last year on our podcast, you identified five trends to watch. I'll mention each trend, and then you can talk about what happened and why. The first trend you identified was programmatic buying for vinyl displays. Yeah, we anticipated more programmatic buying in the vinyl uh, display space. And frankly, we didn't see much of that. Uh, We were anticipating more uh, automation in the buying process for vinyl. And um, we just, we haven't seen that materialize this year, but we still think that that's a place where the industry can become more efficient and uh, it can open up more buyers to the space. Has it been slow because there's not enough standardization with respect to displays? Yeah, it's those things and more. At the end of the day, out of home is a local advertising medium. So you've got small buys that are not widespread. A lot of them are not in major markets. And it just creates a difficulty for these little companies to go in and and do uh, buys programmatically. But we think that 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 will change. We think that it will become more automated. And even the little guys buying a Joe's lawnmower ad will be able to buy programmatically in the next year or two. I think another obstacle to programmatic buying of vinyls that most vinyl sales are six to 12 months because of the cost of a truck roll, installation, producing a vinyl, designing a vinyl. And most operators don't have vacancy for short-term vinyls. I know my company doesn't. And it's the short-term transactions which programmatic seems to excel at handling. Exactly. Yeah, it's that it's that local buyer who is going to perm out a location for six months or a year or two years. And and they may only buy one spot or five locations. And so it just doesn't fit a programmatic model yet, but we think it will. We think at some point it, it will be a, a more automated process. Hopefully it will, and hopefully it will bring even more buyers. Uh, but I'm glad to hear your occupancy is so high. That's great. You predicted there would be pent-up demand for digital billboards. Yeah, we did predict that there was a lot of pent-up demand for digital space, and we did see that come roaring back. It's been pretty impressive. You know, at the end of the day, Billboards are a real estate asset. You've got to have an interest in the property, uh, whether that's a lease, an easement, or a fee interest. And the resilience of this medium has really proven itself this year, especially in digital. We saw a lot of occupancy rates on digital displays rise pretty dramatically. And so we think we hit that one right on the head. There has been quite a bit of pent-up demand that has been filled and continues to be filled. And I think we're all getting better at figuring out how to navigate a pandemic and still get out and see the world. And so we're hopeful that 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 trend will continue into next year. 
During COVID, the independents kept spending. They put up digital billboards. The big three, however, slammed the brakes on everything but maintenance spending. However, on the September conference calls, all the big three signaled they were back in the CapEx market and they're converting 20 to 40 static billboards per quarter to digital. Yeah, they've all been putting up digital. Lamar still leads the pack, deploying digital in advantageous spaces. But they're all putting up, like you said, 20 to 40 digital units per quarter. And that's a good sign. That, that again, shows that there's room for more inventory, and especially at those high-demand locations. Ordinances are still obviously a gating issue, and uh, you can't go out and put these things up anywhere. But, you know, 20 to 40 per quarter is a pretty solid pace, and we wouldn't be surprised if that continues and even increases next year. Paul, you predicted 4 to 6% revenue growth for the industry in 2021. Actual revenue growth is well above that. It's been a positive surprise. Yeah, exactly. And we were on the conservative end of those estimates. Some experts were estimating 15 and 20% this year growth, and we didn't think it would be that dramatic. So we undershot that a little bit. I think through the second quarter, it was up 8.8% nationwide, according to OAAA. So we're, we're a little bit under the estimates. And I think that the uh, third and fourth quarter are continuing to trend up. So you're right. We could end up 10 plus revenue growth this year. Why do you think growth came in above expectations? I think it was a learning curve. I think that you had advertisers who were maybe over-concerned or overwhelmed by COVID and thought that maybe they weren't getting their message out and then started to realize that people are out there and they just need to deploy their campaigns and get their message out. And so I think it mostly was a learning curve. Out of home is has really, I think if there was one word, to describe out of home this year, it's resilience. They've just, the industry has just shown that, you know, it can survive pretty difficult situation and, and keep pushing through. And that's, that's been really impressive. The amazing thing here is how resilient the roadside billboard plant has been. Airport, transit, and place-based uh, have been much less resilient. Definitely. No question. And it's a very unique medium if you compare it to television and radio and internet all of those advertising mediums are, I think, more subject to or volatility. And out of home has just proven that it's a real steady place to advertise. It's just a unique asset type that is is very special and has a limited supply. So in that respect, I, I think that investors will continue to gravitate toward the space. You predicted a share shift from other media to out-of-home in 2021. How did that play out? Yeah, we're continuing to see that shift. Like I mentioned, the television and radio and internet spaces are continuing to give up a little bit of ground. And we're seeing advertisers now think about out-of-home in their mix. I think they've really started to pull up their seat to the table which is good news. You've got groups like the IBO who are consolidating some of the independent inventory. You've got public companies who have recognized that 
they need that spot, but now how to get there, how to how to put their seat at the table. And we think that we'll continue to to grab some of that market share and, and it will continue to shift. Lastly, you predicted more out of home in new places. Yeah, we're continuing to see really creative outside the box kinds of deployment, especially with digital displays. We're seeing those put up in very unique spots where there's either high traffic volumes or you've got a very captive audience or you've got entertainment venues, places where you've got an audience that's very attractive to advertisers. And so we continue to see out of home getting moved into those places. We're also seeing a lot of municipalities who have been strapped for cash in the last couple of years looking for new sources of revenue. And so a lot of those opportunities are making themselves available to independents, public companies, and others who want to to put their inventory into new spaces. What are some out-of-home trends to watch in 2022? In 2022, I think we'll probably continue to see that resilience. We'll probably also start to settle down a little bit in terms of expectations from buyers. It's been an extremely active market this year. We've got private equity groups and others that have never been in the space but really like it. And there's been a little bit of over-enthusiasm in some places. We think that that will calm a little bit. For example, public company multiples peaked in the first quarter of this year, and they have started to come back down into normal levels in the third and fourth quarters. So we're, we're likely to see that con- that trend continue and to see investor expectations settle in a little bit in 2022. But uh, we think it'll be a good year. Obviously, everyone is concerned about inflation and how that might affect things. Raising ad rates can obviously affect the occupancy levels a plant might have. And so, you know, there's a balancing act there, but really optimistic about next year. If you develop out-of-home advertising sites, you need Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Out-of-home attorney Jennifer Sloan says, I wish I had that book when I started in this industry. It would have saved me a lot of headaches. Yes, Go Outdoors, Pat O'Donnell calls it a must-read for anybody doing development. Purchase your hard copy or ebook at billboardinsider.com. Paul, give me your opinion on Lamar Advertising. Well, Lamar, like the other public companies, had a great third quarter comparatively to 2020, but that can be a little bit misleading with all of the companies. Revenues are up two and threefold at uh, each of the public companies, but Lamar has done a good job controlling lease costs. Their revenues are growing up 23, 24% in the third quarter. And, and they're just managing things very well. So we anticipate them continuing that trend. We like the deployment of digital they're doing. They had 135 digital units go up in the first three quarters. So it's pretty solid pace with the digital that they're putting up. And we think that 
that will continue into next year. They've also made $100 million in acquisitions through the third quarter. And they just closed the purchase of Colossal Media. My guess is uh, that that is an eight-figure deal. Absolutely. And it's another example of unique new places where out-of-home is going in, and, and Lamar recognizes the value in those spots. So uh, it was a great acquisition for them. Colossal Media paints these murals. There's a wall dog out there hanging on the building. It's hand paint. It dresses up an old building. People take pictures. They share it on social media. It's popular with millennials. It's a great way to take a product that sometimes attracts community opposition and say, look, this brings buzz and energy into an urban space. Exactly. That pedestrian demographic is hot, and they recognized that it was a great way to tap those pedestrians in those urban markets with those wallscapes that are so unique and so impressive that it, it was just a, a great tuck-in for them. Lamar raised $300 million via an independent SPAC. What do you think the future might hold for it? Yeah, I am surprised that we haven't heard too much about that money and where it will go. I anticipated it being more of a programmatic play where they would buy programmatic uh, technology and use it to not only sell their own inventory, but to leverage and cross-sell other inventory and didn't see much of that. But it'll be interesting to see where that money goes and, and how it's deployed. I don't know if we'll see anything in the first quarter, but I've heard some rumblings that there will be some acquisitions next year. How about Outfront? Outfront is recovering fairly well. They have had a pretty solid year. Again, comparing third quarters, their revenue is up substantially. You know, we're talking about two and three times higher than it was the third quarter last year. They're controlling their lease costs really well and continuing to deploy digital. So we like what they're doing there. They put up 34 new digital billboards in the third quarter, and they're continuing to deploy that at that pace. So we like, we like what Outfront is doing. I think that transit has also improved for them substantially. And we probably saw the biggest overreaction in the transit market. So Revenues are up almost double from last year in their transit side, 95% from last year. So things are, things are turning around for Outfront, and we're optimistic about their performance next year. Clear Channel Outdoor? Yeah, Clear Channel, similar situation. They're continuing to improve and turn things around. Not quite as impressive as Outfront. They've still got some troubles, as you know. They've got quite a bit of debt, but... They're still trying to keep pace. They put up 17 new digital displays in the third quarter, and they're trying to keep up with the other two. We like the direction they're headed. One of the issues that we've seen with Clear Channel is their lease cost. That has not gone down as much as the other two in terms of a share of their revenue. So they'll need to work on lease costs a little bit and see where they can improve. Most of that is probably in the transit space. You know, Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Dallas, they need to find places where they can cut some of those transit costs 
They won the bids, but now they need to kind of rein that in a little bit. And that's difficult to do with those long-term municipal contracts. I think their expenses have been slow slow to go down, particularly international expenses. During COVID, Third Channel Outdoor announced they're implementing a bunch of expense cuts. The cuts in the U.S. have happened. The international cuts are still being implemented. It's taking too long. One of the drawbacks of the international operation is there's anti-layoff provisions and foreign government personnel provisions that make payroll inflexible when revenues drop. Paul, I'm of the opinion Clear Channel Outdoor needs to sell the international operation. There's no synergy with the U.S. It makes the company too big to manage, too big to understand. What's the prospect of an international spinoff? Yeah, I would agree. I think that's been dragging their performance. And you can see that in some of their acquisitions. Their acquisition pipeline is smaller than Lamar's domestically. And it's just hampering all levels of the business. And it's probably time to to think about how to lighten the load. Link Media Outdoor? Yeah, Link, similar situation, kind of a different mix of assets. They obviously are a local player and don't have some of the large markets that the public companies have. But same thing, their third quarter revenues have almost tripled from last year's third quarter revenues. So they're also seeing a dramatic turnaround and just between second and third quarter, they're up 12.5%. So they're doing fairly well. And like the other boats, in the water. Uh, They're all rising, which is a good thing. And we continue to hope that that'll be the case for them. But they're doing a good job managing the inventory they have and continuing to add strategically. Link acquired lots of assets in 2019. Not much over the past year. Are they back in the market? Yeah, that's exactly right. They slowed down quite a bit during COVID. And they have just started to kind of poke their head out again and and think about ways that they can increase their footprint. But you're right. There wasn't a big change in, in inventory this year at all. So it's been slow and cautious, and, and that's probably a good thing. What about the other independent out-of-home companies? Yeah, the other independents are extremely active. We're seeing a lot of activity from Trailhead and Lindmark and others who are recognizing opportunities and seizing them. And we're continuing to see other much smaller independents start to kind of aggregate signs where they can and and make a more efficient plant by doing so. So I would say that 2021 will probably end up being one of the record years in terms of transactions. So it, it's been a good year for independents to go out and either buy or sell, depending on what their strategies are. What's landmark infrastructure the buyer of out-of-home easements and leases been doing? Yeah, Landmark is quietly continuing to acquire easements and and obviously invest in other spaces. Still seeing transactions and and they're still doing things uh, much more quietly than in previous years. We don't hear a lot about their activities in the public, but in our offices and in our files, we, we are seeing some of that continue. So I would imagine that they'll continue to make acquisitions. 
I can't let an out-of-home valuation expert off the podcast without asking about out-of-home values. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, the public company multiples peaked in the first quarter. And so we've seen those trail off and slow down in the second and third quarters and, and get back into kind of a normal range in terms of multiples of revenue and multiples of cash flow. And that probably settles over the next six months or a year, and we get back to kind of normal multiple levels. But in terms of values, I think at the end of the day, we probably end up with higher overall values in both the public companies and the independents than we were at, uh, let's say, in late 19, pre-pandemic so it, it, all boats rising effect is certainly happening and values, while they peaked in the first quarter this year, they should end up slightly higher than they were before the pandemic. And, and that's a good thing for owners. Is a 10 to 12 times cash flow multiple reasonable for out of home and a 10 to 14 times cash flow multiple reasonable for easements? Yeah, that's reasonable. We, you know, we work nationwide and see a wide range of multiples. So we'll see anything from a low of six or seven times cash flow and we'll see highs up in the 14s and 15s. So it, it might even be a wider range than you mentioned. But uh, generally speaking, you'll see it, you know, in the nine to 12 range. That's all for this week. Thanks for putting on the show, Paul. Okay. Thanks for having me, Dave. Have a happy new year. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Purchase your hard copy or ebook at billboardinsider.com. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or subscribing to Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is davewestberg at billboardinsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.